1: Well, hello, I'm Eric Estep. And I'm
0: Scott Reevely. And we are here with the City on a Hill podcast and happy to be so if uh, unless this is the first time that you've listened to City on a Hill, uh, you will uh, probably recognize that we've taken a break from recording new episodes. We did that because Eric was running for office. He was uh, uh, gunning for the House of Representatives for the state of Oregon and he was not elected. And so, we thought this might be a good chance for us to reflect a little bit on what we learned through the experiences. So, anyway, it was a <laughs> it was a kind of a long slog. Just a little bit. When did you start? Uh, when did you start knocking on doors?
1: Um, started knocking on
0: doors in about April. Do you have any idea how many doors you
1: knocked on? The team knocked on. Uh, oh, I knocked on over 2,000. Whoa! I don't know what the team did. So, so more than that, probably total, <laughs> many more, several thousand. Wow!
0: Yeah. So Eric put in the work, and um, all of that required a little bit. Where are we going to find those extra few hours? Mm-hmm. And we sort of trimmed podcasting for a little bit. And I just want to say um, to those of you who said it's time for some new material. Thank you for asking. At least... I was getting call-outs. When do we get something new? I, you know, I don't get missed by people very often, but I was, it was nice (laughs) to be missed. So apparently we are a common fixture
1: in cars on the way to work or something. Well, I don't know. I I don't know why people (laughs) listen to this.
0: (laughs) Anyway, well, uh, hopefully it'll be because we learned something and we can pass on a little bit what we learned. So for my part... Uh, this was this was educational for me because this was as close as i have ever been i wasn't as close as you but i've was as close as i've ever been to a political campaign this was so these are my markers for how close i was this is the first time that i've ever had a lawn sign in my yard for a political candidate i hope you feel i I am honored so honored thank you thank you this is also the first time i ever went door knocking for a campaign how'd that go it it went okay. Uh, I had uh, I had my granddaughter with me, and so uh, if anybody was going to get votes for you, it was going to be that's, her probably. That's
1: the way to go. Yeah. Bring a kid in tow. That makes it so much easier.
0: <laughs> so that, uh, but that was the first time I ever did that, and so it, it was uh, it was interesting. It, rem- you know, I've gone door to door, you know, evangelistically, mm-hmm. but uh, this was a little bit different than that, and then. Um, this was the first uh, last week was first election night party that I'd ever gone to, and so oh, I've w- watched the TV before in the mm-hmm. night, but never uh, with other people. So all of this was uh, a little bit different optics than I'd had before, and that was um, it was good. I was really thankful. So thank you, Eric, for drawing me in. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, it was a learning experience for me. Here are some things that. Uh, I have been thinking about since then. One of the things is that there are a lot of things that are outside of Eric's or any other uh, candidate's control, and I say that because uh, Eric knocked on a lot of doors, and mm-hmm. the things that he did and the way he communicated, I thought should have been, you know, convincing and you know made. Move the needle in one way or the other, but there were, were a number of things I think that were underlying, and that, that's a thing that I'd never even seen before. Was that there's more to an election than just the person mm. or just what they do, but there's a lot of underlying factors. One of them is that in our district, there are um, there are more Democrat uh, voters than Republican voters, and that was uh, that was really something that uh, was there at the start and something that Eric uh, couldn't change. He'd hoped to influence it, uh, maybe a little more, but, uh, the fact that the numbers were already there before the race started mm. was to me, um, interesting. I mean, it in- impacted kind of the, some of the support you got from the party and some other things, mm-hmm. and I'd never considered any of that before. So. That was helpful uh, to me. I, f- I feel like I can look at things going on with a l- just a little more perspective now. Mm. The other thing is that there—it wasn't just what pre—you know—pre-existed in the um, in the district, but the the fact that the Supreme Court overturned uh, Roe v. Wade uh, before the midterms, mm-hmm. and it was—I forget how far ahead it was it was six weeks or was maybe june. two months or something was it june was that early maybe july <coughs> I think yeah i don't remember july. but it, but i'll tell you what it doesn't matter how long ago it was because it was on everybody's mind at the election and you know, on a
1: bunch of mailers with my Basically, face on them
0: yeah i mean that was that was the eric really i don't think you went public and um made any stump speeches about abortion or anything like that no nope. but the attack ads had you know, tried to mm-hmm. pull that, pull Eric into that d- debate. I mean, all kinds of states made some um, crazy decisions about abortion and the life of even living babies mm-hmm. uh, outside the womb. Even right. I could not believe some of the things that happened. But the reality is, I I think that that really shaped a lot of the rhetoric, if not the results of the election, mm-hmm. in ways that. You know, nobody f- could foresee. In right. other words, when you signed up, that was that Roe v. Wade was uh, in the books, and who right. would have ever thought that that would have uh, shaped the election? But that the other funny thing is that you know, thinking about their you know, they predicted a big red wave mm-hmm. for this election, and there wasn't one. And part of the reason probably was this uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, the fact that the Supreme Court. Um, mm-hmm. Overturned it, and the uh, the Democrats saw that as an opportunity mm-hmm. to push back, and so the pushback sort of stopped the red wave that all of the not all, but many of the red voters were excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, several years ago when they when they voted for um, a Republican president who would be mm-hmm. pro-life and appoint pro-life justices, and so the. The ebb and the flow of all of that was very interesting to me. And I still don't know what to, to make of it exactly. But all that to say, I think some of those things were out of anybody's control and and probably did shape how people made decisions in this last election in a way that we wouldn't um, have predicted or thought about ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of my... Uh, takeaways is that there were things out of your control or out of anybody's control that shaped kind of the outcome and shaped the the way that things went kind of all over the country, but here right. in
1: particular. Um, <coughs> well, it's fascinating. We, uh, my wife and I, Leslie and I, decided to basically run probably about a year ago now. Yeah. And there's no way of knowing what's going to be going on six months, let alone, let alone a year from now. Um, so you can kind of like, okay, I think the environment's going to be like this, and this might be favorable, it might not be favorable, but you just, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. And then July rolls around and there's a Dobbs decision, which I, I applauded and was grateful for, yeah, but yeah. it's like, okay, what, is, what does this do? I, I, I decided to do this a long time ago and it's, um, we're already on the train, mm-hmm. but it's interesting how, yeah, it's just not in your control and you have to, we're, we're in, but we don't know what it's going to look like six months from now when everything actually happens. Right. So that, that is fascinating.
0: Yeah, and uh, kind of related to that was the way that people used that decision in the political arena. It wasn't like anybody improved their conversation about life or abortion or anything. Mm. What The way that people used that was to lump somebody in immediately with a tribe either for them or against them. Mm-hmm. And they made, they made that just immediately a a label rather than any kind of what really is in the public interest here. Mm -hmm. Nobody really had any conversations that I know about whether abortion uh, was in the public interest. It just was an immediate, um, an immediate label that people used to try and identify someone as the wrong kind of person. Mm and that was uh, that was a little bit of a wake-up call i think for me uh, because it wasn't it wasn't something that you would have well well well-reasoned conversation about i don't think there have been any well-reasoned conversations about it hardly since july Mm. or since the Dobbs decision because it it really just
1: drew the line Mm -hmm. which is very interesting and And at least at (laughs) least not conversations in publicly viewable venues because there were there were i I had, I had to have some conversations and did have conversations and put it put put it put forth an idea about some level of moderation in our state and had almost zero pushback like it's oh yeah that yeah you're probably mm-hmm. right and just moving on because it mm-hmm. the things i was talking about couldn't really change right um but yeah in in the in the cable news area or the yeah. I mean it's the middle of the midterms. You're not you're not doing nuance anymore in the middle of the midterms. Right. And that's probably a takeaway everyone should realize. You're you're in ta- you when you're in the midterm election season, it's not a time to turn on the TV and go, "Okay, please give me a nuanced uh, a nuanced perspective on XYZ." Mm-hmm. No, no, we're we're red versus blue. It's football game. We're on the field. This is the only thing we're focused on.
0: Yeah, take no prisoners kind right. of thing. Yeah, and I and I didn't see any I didn't see any conversations. Or debates, even mm. at any level, really. I mean, I saw some stump speeches, mm-hmm. I suppose, but not any uh, real conversation or uh, anything that re- resembled uh, something that would be helpful. I right. Guess. right. So it was that was interesting. I, and then I, I think the other thing that um, I would take away from uh, this last season is that it seems to me that that finding a way to address the underlying issues is the way to have some kind of a meaningful uh, political life. In other words, somewhere somebody has got to start talking about um, what it means to be pro life in a constructive way Mm. or rather than rather than have it just merely be political Mm -hmm. and have that be the talking point or the label that is on things. I mean, what's it, what's the church going to do? What are uh, Christians going to do to m- to move the, not the discussion, but really the action mm-hmm. farther because the pol- the political conversation I, in most places did not go that great for the pro-life movement or in this, uh, in this midterm. So, right. and so I think, you know, com- figuring out how to have conversations, how to make changes, how to do, um, you know, Care for women better; mm-hmm. those are things that, that the church is going to have to do. I think, you know, the other the other thing is really in our district, and I think there's there's probably got to we got to figure out a way to have different um, uh, political uh, leanings before it's going to really be a big change in the, whether it goes ever back to the Republicans or not going to there's going to be need to be more Republican voters probably so somehow changing underlying things mm-hmm. and, and I guess that's what I I we're not going to make anybody register with a different party or anything because of the city on the Hill but I, right. I, I do hope that our regular conversations about issues and about uh, the way to view the world is going to help us at least and uh, our listeners understand the underlying issues in a in a way that makes our political engagement more meaningful Mm -hmm. and constructive that's that's the thing because i didn't feel like um that was going to happen in the midterms let's say Mm. and it's you know it's the same kind of thing that i think about with parenting and i may have even said this before is it really hard to to instruct your children when you're having conflict with your children Mm -hmm. you know they have just done something that makes you furious and that real—they're not really then very open to your instruction, right. and you're not very good at giving it. Right. And that's kind of how it felt during the election season: was nobody's really ready to talk or listen about mm-hmm. these things. So maybe now that that's in the rearview mirror and we have a, a bit of a breather, we can
1: uh, we can move the needle on some of those things. That's what I would hope. So. Well, and so much of it is whether you're talking about care of babies or care of mothers or, um, or other topics in general. So much of it is cultural first. Cult- culture drives politics and not the other way around. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a little bit right. of didactic work that's happening from politics to culture. Um, but by and large it's you work on culture and' that's, that's where and I, I would yeah. encourage people to engage at that level, not go, okay, I got to get in politics and I got to register X,YZ and no, you don't, you can love your yeah. neighbor and well, you don't need to be, engage it at, at a political level. And you will inform it upstream, or rather downstream, um, by engaging at the cultural level.
0: Well, yeah, thank you. That's that's a really good summary of what I was trying to say. <laughs> and you said it in just a couple sentences, so thank you. So, Eric, you were the one. You were the one with the skin in the game. You were the one that was uh, working so hard. I mean, what did mm. you learn during this election season?
1: Oh, I, I'm still probably trying to figure all that out. I, I'm still in. Uh, decompress mode and I would imagine we're we're going Leslie and I are going on vacation next week and I'll probably have a much longer list after next week when I have a little bit of time to think but um, some definitely come to mind the first is that there are the temptation to tell people what they want to hear is real Um, and that was I don't know that it was every day but Hmm. any Any official or formal conversation I was in or, hey, give a stump speech or, hey, be interviewed by this paper or whatever, there was an opportunity to tell them something they wanted to hear that I maybe didn't agree with or maybe didn't quite, I would never usually say it that way or things like that. But Uh, you knew it would play better in that audience. Right. And that that could be someone on the opposite end of an issue uh, as me, or it could be, hey, if I tell this group of people that's already prone to... Support me if I give them some red meat and give them whatever they want to hear. They're gonna they're gonna give me an applause line or they're gonna get excited or whatever. Um, and some of the the things that people want to hear are not good for them. Mm. And so I was I was often um, put in conflict if I if I say X Y Z, I will get more support than if I don't. And uh, but it's not true so i'm not going to do that so i I was constantly put in a place where no i'm I'm gonna get a little bit less support Um, i'm gonna get a little bit less excitement um and i I feel like i navigated that well but Mm i i don't think i you you can't know what level of temptation there's going to be until you're in it oh interesting um and it was it was it was real it was real it was yeah Hmm. And you just know, like, oh, I can I can go to this supporter event and I can I can tell them something that they like to be they like to be told, and um, whether it's some some ridiculous thing about elections or election integrity or something, and oh, I, I could get I could get a raucous applause line if I wanted. It's like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that path. I'm not gonna exacerbate um, things that are uh, ways they are thinking that are not true, um, especially if I'm standing to be a leader. That's mm-hmm. So there, there was just a constant tension there, mm-hmm. um, and it, yeah, it was real, and it was, uh, it was interesting to to navigate that and realize, hey, I'm probably not, I'm not, I'm probably not getting the level of excitement that I could get. There, there was excitement, there was support, all that type of stuff, but I could turn this up, you know, you can, you could uh, amp it in a different direction. So, and
0: you found that probably on both sides. Sounds oh, like, yeah. sounds oh, like, yeah.
1: you, whether they were right of you or left of you. Yeah, yeah. You if were... if I squish what I think, so it's a little bit less. Um, yeah less invasive for you or if i if i kind of am silent about some things then then you're yeah it didn't matter what audience i was talking to there was always a a temptation to do something a little bit less than true all the more
0: reason then i'm glad you were in there instead
1: of me so thank you (laughs) you're welcome um i think another thing i realized i mean you jump in and then i i mean we were really playing ball like we, mm-hmm. I was really running for office and that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a silly thing to say, but, um, and I've done some stuff in the past. I, I'm on, I'm on county boards and city boards and things like that, but realizing that there's no prerequisite for service. Like you can, you can stand up and you can do something and you can. Mm-hmm. You can you raise can, your hand. You can raise your hand. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was plenty of times where I was sitting in a room or talking to someone and realizing, wow, this is. I'm I'm in the room right now, this is kind of crazy. Obviously I didn't win, so I didn't get into some of those other rooms, but um, my participation was, was real. And my, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of an, a level of intensity you're not doing day to day, like I'm actually running to be a state representative uh, down in Salem um, and get invited to conversations or forums or whatever, uh, and getting interviewed by papers, like, okay, yeah. and having reporters call you, like. Oh, this is wow. And, and it wasn't like, Oh, you, you, you are now qualified to run for X. Like you don't have to be qualified to do anything. <laughs> Just fill the paperwork out. Um, so, so at one, at one level, that's funny, but at another level, you don't have to assume that you are deficient to serve and whatever, whatever level you, you may be thinking you're, you're called to mm-hmm. engage. Um, the level at which you're called to engage, you're probably qualified to do it, mm-hmm. and and it's not oh I better get some experience and then and then do some things. You you can just go out there and and try to try to work and try to love people and try to serve people. So um, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I I learned it by experience, but I hope other people learn it by trying to engage it themselves. Uh, I had I had conversations about abortion. I had conversations about lgbtq issues and things like that um with newspapers and, and all sorts of things and i was i was forced to have a good response i had to if, if i didn't uh, it was going to be dumb and, and a mm-hmm. waste of my time and a waste of their time um and i i'm not saying that everyone should go run for office and be forced to have conversations like that but i do think Christians in general should put themselves in places where they have to have conversations like that and and not just talk to the people who agree with you and get riled up and, oh, can you believe these people think this about this? Um, go go talk to a neighbor that probably disagrees with you and have a conversation and realize, no, the pushback is probably not what you think it is and the, and the response to your idea is probably not what you think it is and, and have to deal with that and have to work through that. Um, I i feel i gained from that experience um, and i i think it would be helpful for other christians just to engage that and and put themselves in a place where you're not just talking to the people that agree with you
0: and just going back to what i said i learned was that we've got to have those conversations now mm-hmm. in order for other people and ourselves to have a better uh, perspective when it comes time for the next election rather than wait until there's campaigning and all kinds of pressure and nobody's Mm going to listen, have the conversation now, put yourself in that situation now. So that's good advice and appreciate you doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, What else did I learn? There, there are a lot of good people in politics Um,
0: from that's good to know. Thank you.
1: Yeah. There you you go, guys Uh, from staff level to politicians. There were plenty of people that I have, have met in a, not not it's not limited to any party. There there are people I have met who are politicians who, have, who are elected officials who I was surprised like you guys really care about your city, about your district, about your state, whatever level they are involved um and they they're there to serve and that's mm-hmm. that's why they're there. Um it w- it was good to be reminded of that. I frankly I got used to meeting a lot of politicians and being disappointed by politicians. Um but there were a number of of politicians where it's wow you you are good people. Um and I, I might not agree with everything, but you're you're trying to love people, you're trying to serve people. Um and there's I would I would encourage you all by just letting you know that there are people at all I'd say all levels that genuinely want to uh, serve the people they're trying to represent. So so that's good. Um I'd also say there are a lot of bad people in politics. <laughs> Um, people who are there because of the game and because of the um, maybe the, the power side of things. Um, and that's that's not limited to either party is either. Uh, so I, I kind of expected just everyone's here for the par- for the power and, and whatever. Um, but it's it was far more nuanced than that. There there okay. are some that are there like that, but they're also just good people trying to do good things.
0: Well, good. I'm really happy to hear about the good people, and I hope that um, we can all start with giving people the benefit of it out first, because mm-hmm. what we see in the news and what we hear about is not necessarily the good people <laughs> we mm-hmm. hear. We hear about the people who are causing trouble or it, you know being mm-hmm. problematic in some of the way the bad people you might say. And so that's probably why you expected that going in, because that's oh, yeah. what you hear about. You hear a lot about it. That's that. what yeah. I would expect. And so I'm really happy to hear you say they're good people. So mm-hmm. that's great.
1: What else did I learn? I think, um, I think I'm think i just grateful for institutions. I, I, I mean, you're running for state representative. You're, there's some level of you care about the Oregon House, right? There, that's an institution that exists to write laws and to represent... Um, people within districts and there's the state Senate and there's um, the office of governor and, and the government of the state. And there's, there's city councils and there's, there's election offices and all these type of things. And they all exist for particular ends. And I'm just, I'm just grateful for institutions. And, and I got to see a lot of them work. Um, and at, I mean, one of the examples uh, is you were at election night party. We were, mm-hmm. we were watching results roll in as, as these little institutions, known as election offices, were doing their work of what do we do? Well, every time there's election, we uh, safely and um, accurately and precisely count ballots, and we have systems for that, and, and we do those things. And we were watching those results come in, um, sometimes not as fast as we wanted, because some of those institutions are slower than other, other institutions, but. Um, I there there's that side of it. I was just grateful. Wow, that's that's amazing. It's amazing that you can um, stand up and say, "Hey, I'm going to be part of this institution and this other institution. Elections office. They're going to they're going to take care of the process of seeing who won, um, and we and we're established enough that one we actually in general uh, believe what's going on, and then people people follow what happened. I mean that's that's incredible. Um, we, we have races throughout the country that were won by razor thin margins and people go, okay, yep, sounds good. I, I concede, um, which is just astounding That's that, that we have institutions mm-hmm. that even do those things.
0: Well, um, that, that are institutions that are trustworthy enough right. that even the razor
1: thin margin right. can be uh, counted on. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and, and I'm talking general. There's, there's a bunch of institutions involved, but um, that, that's the one that's most in my mind right now because it's most right. recent um, and I, I just think that's really really cool and really helpful and, and there are a bunch of different thing institutions that do specific things all throughout the state and there's there's associations for for farming and there's associations for restaurants and there's um, education and all, all these different things and they're designed to do particular ends and I, I got to interact with a lot of them and just saw like hey this is your this is your thing like you guys mm-hmm. do. Farming, and you and you <laughs> you care about farming, and you're going to make sure that, um, you're going to make sure that uh, legislators have all the information they need about farming, um, and and then you got the other guy that knows all about restaurant stuff or or hotel hotel industry or whatever. Um, there's just so many institutions, and we're not just individuals, and we're not just the state, um, and there's so many things in the middle, and some of them are are big and interesting and some of them are the book club that meets down the street and creates a little, a little spot of community. Um, but I'm just, I'm just grateful for all those different layers and being able to just see a bunch of those different layers and interact with them. And, um, yeah, that I don't, I don't have much more than that, but I I just, I like institutions and I I got to see more of them. And you
0: don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for two years or four years to, Experience those because the fabric of American life is built on those intermediate institutions. We've yep. talked about that uh, in other episodes. But anyway, yeah, uh, I appreciate that, Eric. And uh, I w- just want to say thank you for running. And mm. it was a privilege to be that uh, close to you and to see what was going on there. And um, so I, w- I want to ask you to do a little favor. Would you would you hit the yellow button over there for me?
1: This one? Yep
0: nice <laughs> here we go thank you eric for uh, for running and um i hope that uh, uh, it has a benefit for all the listeners as well as it does for me and for mm. you and so thank you yeah and so uh, with that we're gonna we're gonna wrap up today and just say thank you for listening and uh, we would love for you to uh, tell your friends about sitting on the hill we're we're back we're we're not planning to use a rebroadcast for anything. I probably shouldn't have even put that in the title of the last couple of weeks because then... Asking people to criticize yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> asking people to say, oh, I'm not going to listen to that. But anyway, we're, we're back, and we're planning to go week by week again, and uh, hope you'll listen. I hope mm. you'll subscribe. Hope you'll uh, pass it on to your friends. And uh, that would be great if you would, and we look forward to the next conversation.